So one thing that I had to learn is, and I'm still learning this, is how to disarm a manipulative person or how to disarm a sociopath. Because there's a lot of manipulative people out there and you don't have to allow them to push you around. You have to learn how to get them to stop. And there's different steps and different techniques that you can use. You know, the first one is, you know, how to identify them. You know, how do you identify a manipulative person? Because they're everywhere. They're in your job. They're in your family. They're in church or in the temple. They're everywhere out in society. Um, you know, psychologists say that about 4% of the population is basically has sociopathic tendencies. And if you just look at the United States, that's about 12 million people. That's a lot. <clears throat> and so, you know, there's certain careers that manipulative people gravitate towards, like sales is one. If you think of sales, the salesperson can sell anything. And just that whole sales process is very manipulative. And it's always the same shtick, you know, especially if you're buying a used car. It's always like, oh, the, the little old lady, the grandmother only drove the car to church on Sundays. You know, it's the same story. But that's, you know, that's the manipulation. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with it or if you're naive, you believe the person. You don't believe, you don't understand that you're being lied to. And when I was younger, you know, I I believed the person because it didn't cross my mind that I was being manipulated because I just don't think that way. That's not the way that I'm wired. If someone tells me something, I would just believe what they were saying. And that just didn't work for me. I kept getting injured by certain people. <clears throat> also, like media, the whole media world is very manipulative. Also, you know, law can be manipulative. Um, <clears throat> and these are just some traits to look, f you know, to look for. You know, the, a manipulative person will like you, but they will like you immediately. And that's a little bit of a red flag. If someone's, you know, like in your face and they like you a lot right away. Because it takes time to get to know someone. Or they claim they have something in common with you. Or this is one, this is a big one that I've had people say to me. Oh, you can trust me. You know, just tell me. You can, you can trust me with this information. That right there is a red flag because that means you can't trust them. It's like little subtle hints that they're lying is also a display of manipulation. You know, unless they're really good liars. And there are some manipulative people that are very good liars. You know, this is another one that a manipulative person, they will deliberately provoke you or they'll cut you down or they'll insult you deliberately to get you to engage in conversation with them. 
Or they will give you, they'll promise you something. Can be anything, but they'll, they'll make a promise. They, people that are manipulative, they don't want your company or your friendship just for the sake of a friendship. They want something from you. And that's part of the setup. There's something that you have that they want. And so, you know, when you meet a person, you can look for these signs and you can avoid a lot of conflict if you just recognize this person in the beginning. Number two, your emotion, and this is one thing that's really important to understand is your emotion and reaction to them is fuel. So if they're provoking you and you have a very strong reaction, that, that is fuel for them. That's what they want. They want you to get angry or upset or emotional because that gives them power. That gives them a reaction. And that makes them feel like, oh, I just manipulated that person. Therefore, I have power. If you think of like a a puppet master controlling the strings of the puppet, if the puppet master raises his hand or his fingers, the puppet will raise its arms or open its mouth. And that's the way a sociopath sees him, himself or herself as the puppet master, that they're controlling the strings. But what's important to notice or what's important to do to avoid this or to avoid them is to detach yourself from the conversation and to be emotionless, to have no emotions. It's almost like just If they're provoking you, just stop talking and just disengage yourself from the conversation. Even if it means getting up and going to the restroom, walking away completely. You're detaching yourself from them and you're not giving them, you're not communicating, you're not saying anything, you're just detaching yourself. Or another thing you can do is just ask them too many personal questions. You know, you deflect back on them. You know, tell me about yourself. How many siblings do you have? Have you been married before? What's, you know, how long have you been in this job? How much money are you making? Just be super intrusive because they hate that. You know, it's tough to resist talking about yourself and a manipulator knows that. A person that's a manipulative always wants to get you talking about yourself. So when they're asked questions, it makes them feel uncomfortable because they're no longer in charge. Ask them how they feel about something. 
or ask them, is everything okay? You feeling okay? Are you all right? It's like throwing a monkey wrench into their plan. You know, manipulators do not want to talk or they don't expect to talk about their emotions. So by you saying, hey, is everything okay? Are you all right? Especially if they're being manipulative, like they're provoking you or they're being nasty to you and you come back with, are you, are you okay? Because this isn't, this is kind of out of character for you. Is everything all right? You're kind of like putting them on the spot because a manipulative person does not want to talk about their emotions. They don't want to open up and become vulnerable. That's their job and that's what they do with you. And when you ask them personal questions, you'll see how reluctant they are to share personal information or they'll lie. This is the other thing that I've experienced quite a bit in the past is when you ask them personal questions, they'll make up fake stories. They'll make up fake stories about their life that doesn't even exist or it never happened. Or you know, the people, <laughs> it's all lies because they don't want to talk about their real true life. You know, keep in mind that sociopaths and narcissists that and manipulative people, they're bullies. They can be covert bullies and, or they can be overt bullies, but they're bullies and they're used to taking the alpha role in a relationship. And it throws them off track when someone points out their flaws. So if, if they're being, you know, aggressive towards you or they're being um, demeaning towards you and you're like, oh, so wait, hold up. And you ask them, is everything okay? It throws them off. Especially if you're like, is everything okay? Because you know, you're being kind of rude to me. And, and they may say, how so? Well, you're being very degrading towards me and, you know, you're belittling towards me. You call them out on their, their bad behavior or they, you ask them to repeat themselves. You pretend like you didn't hear them. Like, what'd you say? I'm sorry, what'd you say? I, I didn't catch that. What, can you repeat that? And you have them repeat what they said. If they're being manipulative or abusive, ask them to repeat it. And then repeat back to them what they said. Like, did I hear you correctly? Because then what you're doing is you're repeating back to them their bad behavior. And then you're holding them accountable. Like, I heard what you said, but is that what you meant? Did you mean this? Because it sounds to me like you're being rude and disrespectful towards me. Did you mean to be rude and disrespectful toward me? Just clarifying. I just want to know. Because that will completely throw them off their game. They're not used to that. They're used to being in the alpha role. And it throws them off track when someone points out their flaw. 
And you have to do this with a lot of courage and even with a sense of humor. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I hear you correctly? Did you just insult me? I'm sorry, what did you say? Again, can you re just repeat what you said? Oh, that's what I thought you said. Now, that sounds rude to me. Did you mean to be rude? Because I, I'm just curious, why did you feel the, the need to be rude towards me? Can, can you explain yourself and hold them accountable? Put them in the hot seat. Because them, by them being rude to you, was deliberate. It was a, a manipulative move, move. It was deliberate to hurt you. And so by stopping the bully, you're putting them in their place. And I've even put my hand out, like, stop. You need to stop. You're being a bully. And that kind of is jarring for them. Like, whoa. You know, because they think that they're pulling one over on you by being manipulative or covert or love bombing you and then bullying you. They think that they're sneaky and no one sees them. But by saying, nope, stop, you're being a bully, tells them, no, I see you. I see what you're doing. I see your game. I see your manip manipulation. I see your character. Step five, try to incorporate just small chit-chat in the conversation. But never, ever, ever talk about your feelings. Never reveal your weaknesses to a manipulative person, particularly the narcissist or the sociopath. Because what they'll do is they'll make a mental note of that weakness and they'll use it against you in the future. So never talk about your feelings. Never talk about or reveal your weaknesses. The only thing that you should ever talk with a manipulator, if you must, is the weather or gossip or sports or politics. Same with coworkers. They don't need to know your personal stuff. You know, I think that's one of the problems in society is just people talk about their, their stuff, their problems. One, people don't care. Most people just don't care. Two, they don't, we don't want to hear that stuff because it's a downer. You know, that's information to take to your therapist, not your friends. Because your friends, you know, if it's a good friend, they will sit and listen and they'll help you with it. But friends aren't therapists. Secondly, there are friends that we have that enjoy hearing about our problems. And that's just the fact of life. They enjoy seeing us suffer. They enjoy seeing us lose our job. Or they enjoy seeing us not be able to pay our bills. That's just, that's just human nature. So don't share those feelings that you have. Because they will try to pull your strings. You know, manipulative people aren't entertained by small talk. They have nothing to gain from it. When you talk about the clouds and, oh, you know what? It looks like it might rain today. It looks like a partly cloudy chance of rain. That's just like so... It's like polite conversation, but to a manipulative type of person, they can't do anything with that. 
It doesn't give them anything to hold on to. It doesn't give them any information to put in their back pocket to use against you in the future. So you'll almost start seeing them get bored. Like, ugh, the clouds. I don't want to talk about the weather. Number six. Use the word no. You know, manipulative people are notorious for crossing boundaries. You know, you may put up boundaries, you may have strong boundaries, but to a sociopath or narcissist, they love crossing boundaries. It's like a game to them. And narcissists and sociopaths, they're, they are stuck at a stunted developmental stage that most of us grew out of as toddlers. You know, sociopaths are stuck. They're to- they're at a they're, they're at the stage of a toddler. So most people, if you say no, you know, thank you, but no, they're fine with that. But if you say no to a sociopath, they do not understand the concept of no. To them, it's just another obstacle that they have to work around. And if you're persistent enough when, you know, if the sociopath is told no, 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 they will become even more persistent. And the more persistent they become, they think that eventually you will give up and your boundary will drop. But you will, you have to be firm in your no and stand your ground in saying no and hold your position in no. I had this friend and I've shared this story before. Out of the blue, she said to me, how much do you want for your car? And it really caught me off guard. I was like, my car is not for sale. You know, my car is paid off. I don't owe anything on my car. I love my car. It's not for sale. And she just started in. Everything is for sale. Just name your price. What do you want for it? And I said, it's not for sale. And she's like, everything in the world is for sale. If you're offered the right price, you will sell it. And I said to her, no means no. Now stop bringing it up. Do you understand me? And I just got really firm. I wasn't rude, but I was firm. No means no. Do you understand what that means? And she never brought it up again. You know, it's this is where the manipulation comes from. It comes from the stunted level of a toddler. Toddlers do not understand the concept of no. Just like puppies do not understand the, the concept of no. And so you may say no to a puppy. Stop biting the pillow. No, stop biting the pillow. They're they're still learning. They're still learning the concept of no. You can have a 60-year-old adult who never understood, was never taught the concept of no correctly. They're stuck. doesn't matter chronologically how, how old you are. You can be 
80 years old. You can be 90 and still be stuck psychologically at the, at the level of a toddler. Number seven, a manipulative person wants you for something. You don't always have to give them what they want. So if you have to give it to them, give them the crappiest version of whatever it is that's available. And it will let them down. And they'll gladly move on to someone more valuable. It's kind of funny because it's kind of manipulative people. They want something from you. They want something, you know, whether it's a car, whether it's money, you know, whatever it is. When you're dealing with a master manipulative person, you know, if you don't play their game and give them exactly what they want, they'll move on. And that's why I'm saying, like, you say no to them enough times and stick with it. No, no, no. Or you incorporate, like, boring small talk. Like, gosh, I think it might rain. You know, gosh, I I think I have to do my laundry today. Oh, you know what? I really need to get a pedicure. Like, that kind of monotonous, kind of boring stuff. Or ask them personal questions. How do they feel about something? Or <clears throat> just be unemotional. You know, just be disinterested in whatever it is. Don't engage. I personally think that you're safer when you're dealing with a manipulative person. Sociopaths are so destructive and so evil. that you're safer by just not engaging and just you know if you're on the phone be like you know I got another call I have to let you go or if you run into the person on the street like oh hey it's nice seeing you I gotta run I got another appointment I'll talk to you later because once you get entwined with a sociopath They are dangerous. They wreak havoc in your life. Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. throat) Take a drink here. That's why I talk so much about these people because I've had some of them in my life. And I see the destruction that they've done. And I see how they, you know, what their tactics are, you know, to get things from you. And I see what level of just what level they're at and how they thought that they were pulling one over on me and they feel like a child and it's a game and I've really had to spend a lot of time to, to learn this to see this and I've had to let people go in my life I've just had to let them go because it's just not worth it I don't want these people in my life I had quite a few patients that I worked with that had to deal with manipulative people as well. And it's not easy to 
show them or to help them see. Because a lot of these manipulative people are in our life and they've been in our life. We just didn't see it. It could be a parent. It could be a sibling. It could be, you know, a friend or instructor. And it really requires the help of a therapist to see these people for who they really are. Because they're almost camouflaged. You know, like hunters wear camouflage camo when they go into the woods because they don't want the prey to see them. Like the deer. The deer is the prey. The hunter is the predator. Well, sociopaths are the same exact way. They dress in a camouflage way. And they're the predator. And if they're in your life and they're lurking around and they're blending in, because they always do, they initially blend in until you start seeing signs or you start feeling injured. And the therapist will help you strip away the camouflage. And the therapist will help you start seeing the patterns to how you feel, what you're experiencing, and how to protect yourself, and how to stay safe, and how to rebuild your ego, because that's one thing that these sociopaths and narcissists do. They break down your ego. They strip you down. They break you down. To the point that you feel like you're nothing. And that's what's so damaging. But the therapist will help rebuild you. You know, the, the, the sociopath, if you think of them as like a two or three year old, and they're like this nagging toddler that always wants a toy, always wants the mother, always wants, you know, something, you know, a bottle, or is always crying or always... You know, imagine that toddler, but in the body of a 60-year-old adult. And they're still whining and bitching and lying and stealing. It's not sexy at all. But they're lying and scheming and hiding things. And, and it's a game and they're manipulating to, you know, to get things. You know, if you're still lying and you're 60 years old or 50 or 40 or 30 years old and you're still lying, you never grew out of the toddler stage. If you're rewriting history, because this is another tactic that they do, is I I had this friend that did this. I, I remember bringing up like, oh, remember when you dated this guy years ago? And I it was just a conversation like, oh, remember when you dated that guy? And she was like, I never dated him. What are you talking about? And she rewrites history. And then she believes her new story that she's rewritten in her head. She's like, no, I think you got it wrong. You know, I never dated him. I liked him, but I never dated him. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Because we double dated and my husband was there. So I have a witness. So you're not going to be able to pull that on me. My husband was a witness. 
And he also remembers, not only does he remember going out with you guys, he remembers what restaurant we went to. So he actually has a better memory than I do. Huh. But this is what they do by rewriting history as a form of gaslighting you. And if a person does that over and over and over, you can start questioning your reality. You can start questioning, oh my God, am I going crazy? Am I losing my memory? That's what makes these people dangerous. Because they're not able to really own up to their own behavior. They rewrite history and they hide behind this persona, this illusion of a person that they've created. Rather than, like a normal person would be like, oh yeah, I remember going out with him. Like, if he was a good guy, then yeah, he was a good guy. Or if he was a douchebag, like, oh my god, I can't believe I went out with him. But by denying that it even happened is so bizarre to me. Because we were there. We remember. We even remember what we would order at this particular restaurant. But I really think that people that rewrite history and, you know, they're scrambling their own brain by doing that. Because now you have to keep track of two stories. That's what makes these people dangerous because they're not sharing in your memory. You know, when you do something with a friend, you go somewhere with a friend, you're sharing the memory. But when you're when you're dealing with someone that has pathology, it becomes warped. You're not you're no longer sharing the memory. That person says that that never happened when in fact it did. It did happen. That person just doesn't want to remember it or acknowledge it. And that's when, you know, I, I have a theory that when you're around someone that has this type of pathology, I think long-term, dementia creeps in because the memory just becomes warped and distorted. And you don't even know what the truth is anymore. That's why it's not healthy being around people that if they're not going to go and get help. And that's always the ironic part. The people that go to therapy aren't the people with the pathology. It's usually the people that have to deal with the people that have the pathology that go to the therapist. It's because of the effect that the sociopaths have on people. You know, they make you feel crazy. You're not the crazy one. They are. That's why it's good to stay away from them. That's why it's good to cut the phone calls short. That's why it's good to hang up. That's why it's good to like be, I'm busy. I gotta gotta let you go. And you let them sit with their own 
mind because there's something called affect when you're with someone that's not psychologically healthy you feel their affect you feel the scrambled brain you feel this distorted world it's not you you just feel you're tapping into their world that's why it's not healthy to be around them you know everyone needs to be responsible for their own health that includes mental health you know people you know some people don't go to the dentist that's fine but if your teeth are rotten and you got all these cavities and your teeth are falling out that's not my problem that's your responsibility if you got teeth that are falling out and you're eating candy and garbage and you're not brushing your teeth and you're not flossing that's not my problem that's your problem brush your teeth floss stop eating crap and you'll have better teeth it's the same with mental health If you're not taking responsibility for your behavior and you're lying and you're manipulating it's just like having rotten teeth. You have a, a rotten mind, you have a rotten psyche. And if you don't go and get help for that and get things straightened out, it's not my problem. And I'm not going to allow you or anyone else to dump your problems onto me. I don't have a rotten psyche. And it's and that's where it gets confusing because you know, when you're with a person and you you're talking about a psyche, you don't see it like rotten teeth. But you can feel it. It's a feeling. There's signs that you can look for to know and understand does that person have a rotten psyche some people hide it very well some people when they're out in society they're lovely they're like a peach and then when they get behind closed doors they're just abusive a lot of parents are like that you know they they behind closed doors they'll beat their children but when they're out in society they're just lovely well that's a rotten psyche too and then that rotten psyche gets passed down through the generations that's where you know people especially women when they go to see a therapist they stop the generational trauma getting passed down because they process it, they understand it, and they stop it. And they heal. That's what it's all about is healing. 